And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week uh, doing listener mail today, doing an all-listener mail episode today. Always fun. Had some uh, great questions and some not-so-great questions. <laughs> I'll try to get to all of them. Um, yeah, and then, guys, I want to apologize for missing the podcast on Monday. I hate missing episodes. Um, I think I've only missed two shows all year, so I, I have been, I've been pretty good about it. But I had a doctor's appointment. Uh right at the time I, I, I usually record so is what it is sorry guys uh, I will make it up to you with a couple uh, longer episodes next week um, yeah before I jump right into listener mail guys please follow us on Twitter at no gimmicks pod please subscribe on iTunes SoundCloud Google Play Spotify or wherever the heck else you get your podcasts uh, if you're on iTunes please give us a five-star rating and a good review I really appreciate it and if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show you can support us monthly over on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast all right, uh, let's jump right into listener mail. First question, and it's a good one. Was it racist for Jake Paul to knock out Nate Robinson? Okay, I completely missed this one. Uh, apparently, Twitter had fun with this one yesterday. I, I completely missed it. Not sure how, but this this was tremendous. For, for anybody that, that has no idea what the heck I'm talking about, Jake Paul um, is apparently a, a YouTuber turned boxer um, who knocked out Nate Robinson, who's a former... Uh, NBA player, he he's this guy who's like five foot eight and he won multiple slam dunk competitions. Like he's really, you know, dude's got some ups for a short guy. Uh, that's all I know about Nate Robinson. But uh, they they fought on the undercard of the, uh, the ridiculous Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson card last week, which I did not watch because I do not want to watch two guys in their mid fifties um, give each other concussions. So, uh, but you know, that's just me. But uh, anyway, the YouTuber, uh, uh, Jake Paul, knocked him out. It was a pretty vicious knockout. But anyway, point is, uh, Jamel Hill, the ridiculous person who was fired um, by ESP- ESPN for race baiting too much, which, <laughs> look, if you're too much of a race baiter for ESPN, yikes, you've made some wrong turns in life. Um, but Jamel Hill had Jake Paul on her show for, I don't I don't know, I think she's a writer for The Atlantic. So I don't, I don't know if it's like an independent youtube show or whatever she hosts but anyway she she had jake paul on the show and asked him if it was racist <laughs> that he knocked out nate robinson because jake paul's white and nate robinson's black and jamel hill is a, a silly silly person uh, and she, she tried to like not backtrack but she tried to laugh it off as oh we were just trolling jake paul she was not trolling jake paul like th- this person jamel hill she, anything she sees like the answer to every question is racism like what's two plus two racism what color is this guy racism? So like she just tried to bait Jake Paul into like cussing her out on her show, like, you know, disparaging her on her show. So she could call because she's black. She could call him racist. Like there's nothing racist going on. So she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to bait this guy into saying something that I can accuse him of racism because I can't find anything racist to call racist and racist, racist, racist. (laughs) She's like, she's so upset. She's so dependent on race baiting that she just has to try to invent racism out of thin air. It's hilarious. But yeah, according to Jamel Hill and these 
critical race theory, folks. If you're a, a white boxer you need a, and you're fighting a black guy, you have to let the black guy knock you out or something. Okay. Winning at sports is racist, <laughs> apparently, to Jamel Hill. That is, of course, if you are white. Just tremendous stuff from the left, as always. All right, next. All right, this next question is from a friend of the show and a member of the No Gimmicks Podcast Fantasy Football League. Uh, is the Washington football team better than the Steelers, and who is the number one seed in the playoffs? Um, look, congrats to the the Washington footballs or whatever the kids are calling them these days. Um, I mean, come on, man. The Steelers had to play three games in twelve days. You know, half their defense is injured. The Steelers they're winning the Super Bowl this year. They're way better than the than than Washington. But hey, chalk it up. Everybody loses a game eventually, and uh, Washington was better on, uh, what was that, Monday night? Monday afternoon, whenever the heck that game was. There's football on every day of the week right now, which, you know, I'm not mad at it, but it's throwing off my weekly schedule. I can barely tell what day of the week it is. But, look, the Steelers hate. <clears throat> my takeaway from the aftermath of the Steelers finally losing a game is the press, sports media tr- covers the Steelers. The same way the normal press covers Donald Trump. And I, I totally mean that. Like, the press hates the Steelers. I don't really know why, but they really do. So they're all mocking the Steelers for losing a game. It's like, guys, the Steelers are 11-1. and one. Okay? Like, it reminds me what CNN and, and the corporate press, what they all did. Um, and this was, like, 2015 or early 2016. It was before Trump was elected. They kept running these hit pieces on him. Because Trump said he had, like, I forget the actual numbers, but it was something along the lines of, like, Trump said he had $7 billion, and it turns out he only had $4 billion. So the headlines for the press, they were like, you know, Trump doesn't have $7 billion. He only has $4 billion. What a loser. It's like, guys, that is not the attack that you think it is. You can't only have $4 billion. That is a lot of money. It's like this guy, he has the smallest mega yacht out of all the mega yachts in the harbor. It's like, oh my goodness. 11-1 is still pretty good, people. And to this guy, it's a, you know, Twitter handle is, is, a, is a parody account, so I can't say his real name. But my friend, you are the number one seed in the playoffs. You had the best regular season. I'm really hoping my boy, Jeremy Frankel, can beat you in the first round of the playoffs because I, I really don't want to see you in the championship if I can somehow get past Aaron Bandler. So, yeah, well done. Fair play. Well, you're like 9-4, and four, I think. Yeah, heck of a regular season. In the midst of a pandemic, no less. Well done. Next question. Do you have any reason to believe Trump didn't want to win a second term? No. <laughs> nah. No. And that guy's so obsessed with winning. Like, he's so competitive that... I mean, I doubt he'd willingly lose anything. Like, even, like, when his kids were young, like, shooting hoops with his sons, I bet he just, like, kicked their butt <laughs> in horse. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I'm sure every golf game, if he loses, he's super pissed about it. And Like, I don't know, man. You don't become a billionaire with, you know, a supermodel wife and get elected president of the United States if you aren't, like, annoyingly competitive about literally everything. So, I don't know. I think he's way too self-absorbed and competitive to willingly lose anything. But, I mean... I, I, if I were him, why would you want to go through four more years of that, man? I mean, what the press, what the Democrats, what, man, what they put this guy through for four years, my goodness. I'd be looking for an escape rope at that point. Next question. Will we ever have hearings about the Democrats' Chinese collusion? Uh, no, of course not. I'm going to get into all of this, the 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 
Chinese collusion revelations next week because uh, it's going to, you know, there's some real meat on the bone there and, and we're going to have to spend a whole episode talking about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's 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 evidence that that high ranking Democrats are compromised by by Chinese assets. And look, man, uh, well, to answer the question, no, <laughs> no, I mean, look, if you're on if you're a leftist, you can get away with literally anything. The press will shield you. I mean, the corporate press hasn't even acknowledged that the story is happening. But it really is something, right? I mean, the the left is so depraved. I mean, it's it's it is a painfully blatant example of the old communist tactic of accusing your opponent of exactly what you're doing. I mean, they go after Trump for Russian collusion for four years baselessly when Eric Swalwell, who's who's a high ranking Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, was literally having sex with a Chinese spy. I mean, it's like, or allegedly, but but probably. I mean, my goodness. I mean, in a world where the truth mattered, he'd be, at the very least, forced to resign immediately. It's just amazing stuff. And more on that next week, for sure. Um, let's see. Next question. When is the proper time to retire all of my MAGA attire? <laughs> I mean, look, man, it's still a free country. Last time I checked, so wear it as long as you want. I mean, I have a... Uh, I don't have a MAGA hat, but I have a, I have a Reagan uh, 1984 t-shirt that I wear. And I, I mean, I was born in 1989. So I think, I think MAGA stuff will be trendy with young conservatives in 30 years. Like you see a lot of like Reagan Bush 84 gear with like young, especially with like conservatives younger than me. Like you see it with like conservatives who are like 20 to, you know, like late 20s. And I think like the MAGA hat will make a comeback down the road. You know, but it will be interesting. Just side note, it'll be interesting to see how effective the left's weaponization of the culture and the press will be over the next four years. I mean, like, it's dangerous to wear a MAGA hat in some parts of the country, as is. Um, I don't know. I mean, and I, I think the violence against Republicans will get much worse over the next four years with the White House that, you know, at the very least, will do nothing about violence against the right, and at the very worst, you know. They, they may encourage it. I mean, I, I definitely don't think uh, Joe Biden will be a bulwark against the, the radical left or anything. So, yeah, I mean, wear, wear the MAGA hat and uh, definitely carry a gun <laughs> if you're going to do so. Uh, any excuse to buy guns and ammunition is, is, a, is a good thing. So arm up, strap up, keep it close. Next question. And OK, I will briefly talk. I will briefly talk about the lawsuits uh, happening right now. I know I've been avoiding it, um, but I'll jump into it a little bit. Next question. Uh, What chance does the Texas lawsuit have in changing the election results in these key swing states? You're not going to want to hear it? Zero chance. (laughs) Okay, maybe not zero chance, but 0.00001% chance. Guys, I just... Look. Trump's team has not presented enough evidence to overturn the results in any of these states. Not in Georgia, not in Pennsylvania. I mean, they, they've shown some evidence of some voter fraud. They have not shown evidence that would delegitimize, you know, the entire state. Um, they, they've not presented any evidence that, that shows there's, you know, the, the amount of votes changed that would matter. I mean, we're talking tens or hundreds of thousands of votes in each of these states. They have not laid out enough evidence to... to decertify any of these elections but let's just say let's just say we're in an alternate universe where they have right let's say rudy giuliani went out there and proved that rampant voter fraud happened to the tune of millions or tens of millions of votes 
across all of these states being changed to benefit Biden. Let's just say we live in a universe where that happened in court. That did not happen, but let's say it did. Even if that happened, do you really think the results would change? Honestly, I, I, I don't. I mean, there are, look, we're living in an age where there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around. I think the most bizarre conspiracy theory I've seen yet is the theory that, that some people have on the right that they, they sincerely believe that government will eventually benefit conservatives, that government will ever do the right thing. Like, government is inherently left-wing. Like, government itself is a leftist entity. Just government generally. Any government in the history of the world. Even when Republicans are in power. I mean, I, I just... There's one example in American history of the federal government moving to the right, and that was the election of Warren G. Harding and Calvin Coolidge in 1920. And from 1920 to 1928, yes, the government did move to the right. And then it immediately lurched back to the left. And every second of every day, except for those eight years, the government has been moving steadily to the left. Governments move left. That's just what they do. You, even when Republicans are in power, like the, the federal government is not your friend. Like you can put a Republican at the head of the DOJ. Like I think Bill Barr is a good man. I think he's a principled conservative and he's been a good attorney general. That doesn't change the fact that the rest of the DOJ is staffed by left-wing activists. Okay. Like you could put a Republican at the head of the FBI. That does not mean that the rest of the FBI isn't staffed by left-wing activists. Okay. That's just the nature of government conservatives don't want to work for the federal government. <laughs> Democrats do. Democrats love working for the government because they worship government. We don't. We hate government. Like if you, you listening right now, if you could, no change in salary at all. Okay, you're going to make the same amount of money, work the same amount of hours. Would you rather work the job you're working right now or make the same exact amount working for the federal government? You'd say, no, I'll, I'll stay in the private sector. If you have a degree in education, would you rather teach at a private school or a charter school or, or, or teach at a government school? For same salary, same benefits, right? Just all, all, all other things are equal. You're, you're going to stay in the private sector. A Democrat will always, 10 times out of 10, take the government job because they love the government. We don't. We on the right hate the government, and that's why the government is overrun by leftism. Donald Trump was elected president of the United States, and the rest of the federal government spent four years trying to take him down with the leaks, with the nonsense. You know, it was, it was, you know, Donald Trump, most of his cabinet, his family, and a handful of elected congressmen and senators versus the rest of the United States federal government to the tune of, I mean, how many people work for the federal government? A couple million, right? I, I just don't see, like, even if Trump's team wasn't a joke, which it kind of has been a joke under the leadership of a way, way, way too far past his prime, Rudy Giuliani. Even if he proved that 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 all these things happened, I just don't I just don't see the federal government overturning the the results of any election that could possibly benefit the right. I just don't see it. I think it's a conspiracy theory from some of you guys to think that even if the, the the legal situation turned out differently that the government would do the right thing. I just don't see it. I don't think that. I think that's a pipe dream. And Democrat, look, I, I I said that the Trump legal team did not make a very good case. I believe that. Sorry, it's the truth. <laughs> you guys know I'm right, even if you don't want to admit it. Did Democrats cheat? Of course, the Democrats always cheat. They're going to try to cheat in every election. 
I mean, there, there's evidence of, of voter fraud in especially major cities like Philly, like Detroit, like Chicago, going back a century. Of course they're going to cheat. I hate it. It sucks. They're a bunch of cheaters. They're dishonest. Is it evil? You betcha. Republicans need cheat-proof blowout majorities to win anything. I, I, I get it. We, 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 need a cr- we need to crush these fools. Donald Trump did not crush these fools. We need cheat-proof majorities. We really do. We need to win elections and blowouts, and the Democrats don't. I get it. I mean, has there been election? I Honestly, I think Biden would have just won this fair and square, to be honest. I think it was just a a, a bad campaign by the Trump team. I, I think he fumbled the ball a couple times. You know, but even if they won by cheating, I, I, we, we know, dude, look, we, we know what's going on. We need cheat-proof majorities, and we didn't have it. Okay. Even 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 if I concede that the election was stolen, I, I don't think that's the case. But let's just say it was. We're Republicans, guys. <laughs> we need to win by large enough margins that they can't cheat their way to victory. Okay, is what it is. It sucks, but it's true. Um, let's see. One more question. Oh, from a friend of the podcast and last year's uh, our defending champion from a. Uh, from the the No Gimmicks podcast, Fantasy Fantasy Football League from last year, Ty Travis, uh, missed the playoffs. Coming in with a respectable fifth seed, middle of the pack, but missed the playoffs. Sorry, bud. Um, Rate Kurt Cobain as an artist, and who do you think killed him? Uh, First of all, Courtney Love, his wife, killed him. I've watched several documentaries about this, so I am definitely an expert. (laughs) I mean, she didn't kill him, but, you know, I, I think she probably hired somebody to kill him. Her her story made no sense. What she told to investigators really made no sense. Her alibi sucked. Um, allegedly, Kurt Cobain was actually leaving her, and and like taking their their daughter. Allegedly, um, and there's a ton of inconsistencies in the story. Like I mean, like the placement of the shotgun where they found him, um, like made no sense. Like where the shotgun was placed, if he actually pulled the trigger himself, like it doesn't, you know. There's there's a lot of things that lead me to believe that that he was murdered. Uh, but in in terms of uh, rating him as an artist, I mean, he's a tremendous songwriter, like a, a game changer as a songwriter. Tremendous songwriter, terrible singer, not a very good guitar player, <laughs> which is totally fine. Like that's the thing. I I'm not I'm, I'm not Kirk Cobain's a heck of a songwriter, way better songwriter than I'll ever be. But um, you know, like I'm not the best singer and I'm not the best guitar player. Uh, I, I have probably better guitar and vocal chops than Kurt Cobain, but like I'm not the best at any instrument or anything. But I, I really focus on my songwriting more than anything else. And um, you know, he he's such a good songwriter that his actual skills, his actual chops as a vocalist or a guitar player didn't really matter. And I mean, he's not the only one. I mean, Kurt Cobain from uh, uh I mean, uh, uh freaking uh, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins. He can't sing his way out of a paper bag, but he's, he's one of the best songwriters ever. You know. It doesn't even matter that he can't sing. I mean, Bob Dylan. I mean, a lot of people, not me, but a lot of people consider Bob Dylan, you know, one of, if not the best songwriters of all time. He can't sing at all. I mean, he's just terrible. He just sings out of his nose, <laughs> you know. Tom Petty. I mean, he, he's not a great singer or guitar or guitar player, but he's just such a good songwriter, writes such iconic songs that it didn't matter. So that, that's kind of the category I put Kirk Cobain in. You know, one of the one of the greats, one of the all-time greats in terms of, of, uh, of songwriting, but, you know. He's not a great musician, but who cares? You don't have to be Yngwie Malmsteen on guitar, and you don't have to be Aretha Franklin as a vocalist to to be great. I mean, I think songwriting is the most important factor. 
So, all right, that's all I got. Uh, a little short, a little shorter uh, today. I will make it up to you next week. I promise. I love you guys. Thank you so much for all the great feedback I've been getting. Uh, keep the awesome questions coming. Anytime we do listener mail, I really enjoy doing this, and I hope you do as well. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Thank you.